Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's beautiful guest was with my friend, Lauren Zander. This conversation was recorded probably like a year ago. And sadly, something happened with the audio file. It was corrupted. What that means, I don't even know. I don't think it really matters. But I was able to find someone that was able to heal the file. So they fixed it. So I'm very excited to share it. Lauren is someone that is a masterful life coach. She would be considered a master life coach. She's an author. She's a creator of The Handle Method and Inner You. And her approach has supported some of the world's most influential people and also influential institutions. She has been, let's see here, I'm reading her her bio. She's taught at over 50 universities and institutes of learning around the world, including MIT, Stanford Graduate School of Business, NYU, and New York City Public School System. She has also been featured on Dr. Oz, Women's Health, Forbes, BBC, New York Times. She's awesome. She's just a, a very grounded, sweet, kind, dynamic, hilarious person that I enjoy spending time with. So I'm so excited to get to share this conversation with you guys. The conversation is far spanning, but a main focal point is relationships. Relationships with ourselves, with other people, with intimate partners, with our family, and uh, how we can be more effective participants in this life experience. So Lauren is a beautiful human being, a beautiful soul, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. So let's get into it. If you do enjoy this, por favor, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and of course, reviews on whatever platform you're listening to this are very helpful. So let's get down to the conversation with Lauren Zander. Laura Zander. <laughs> yeah. What an experience. Right? What do you think? Of that? How ridiculous is this so far? So far, it makes me want to like start counting your hairs. <laughs> Count my hairs? <laughs> we got hairs. I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'm like a... You got to yeah, check out a man's hairs. I'm like hairs. some bohemian bear animal. You know, that would only count if it was on your back. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. You weren't anticipating sitting in a sauna. You have I, your like, papers. Even, you have even your, knowing you have I was going to sit in a sauna. I have my stuff. hear the schematics. I notes. like just in case. <laughs> I like my notes. <laughs> um, thanks so much for making time. My I know this Lord. is a very strange experience. It's definitely going to be a one and only. <laughs> I, I feel confident that you will win all these awards as the oh, only wow. guy I ever did this with. Oh, yeah, wow. That's great. Yeah. That's exciting. I think it's good. How did you arrive in this point in oh. your career with making programs around love and lies and life coaching and helping people on their yeah. journey in this experience. How did you arrive here? Well, I've never been doing really I so if I'm turning fifty next year. Nineteen seventy is your birthday. Yeah. I have been doing this since I was twenty two. Mm. And then started out on my own when I was twenty eight and then built the company till still building it now. So your your book is um Maybe about how the the lies that we tell ourselves. All the ways we posture about everything and that don't, don't really know our own inner dialogue, don't really know why we have the one we have, don't even deal with it really. And yeah. then 
get riddled with vices and ways we've managed the way we tell the story about ourselves and other people and our parents. So we get we get lost in translation from a history of bullshitting ourselves that isn't even our fault. And so what I've been doing is unraveling that and refocusing a person to really be into whatever is true for them. Mm, that's great. That's yes. important. Yeah. Where did that come from with with your own self? What are some standout points where that where you were do you feel like you were like lying to yourself about things? Oh, I was a I was an outright liar. So there's like seven seven or eight different types of lies that I lay out. And yeah, I was just the big one. <laughs> oh good. So when I when I started before You're the authority. I I was really quite, quite a, quite a, quite, how's cursing? All good here? Oh, we can cuss away. I was away. such a fucking cunt. Oh, I yeah. was the worst. Yeah, that, yeah. And I got away with it. It wasn't like I got caught lying. I went back and cleaned up all my lies, hmm. right? Because no one was ever going to catch me. My parents, the boyfriends. I, I had never not cheated on a boyfriend, hmm. ever. And there was no like video and cell phones and none of that when I was little. What do you think that was? What's the the seed or root of it, the necessity? My father, was it serving my father cheated. So I really do believe in epigenetics. So I think you're going to be either reacting or working it out from what happened to your parents. Not you know you could have four kids and everybody gets a different vantage of it. It's not like a cookie cutter print, but I definitely got impacted from my very sweet Orthodox Jewish daddy hmm. confessing to my mommy and then that little mess in our family, which kind of brought us all into therapy. Hmm. And, you know, I was the ripe age of 11. And so that impacted me. And then, you know, starting at 19, I reversed my fortune and started to figure out, I may, you know, say I love you, but I don't feel it. Yeah, right. Right, I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And so then I had a pretty big spiritual experience and started a very different road. Came home in 1920 and blew up my life, like blew it up hmm. by telling everybody the truth about absolutely everything. And even lies I was holding for other people. I mean, I, blew, I was a, still a bit of a terror. Mm. But I've come a very long way since then. But you're like, how did this end up working? I'm like, man, did I need it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, wonder that. I think I've, I've done that with myself through most of my life of feeling she's using her paper to, to fan herself. <laughs> Lorenzo, you are creating heat shock proteins in your body right now. You're becoming a stronger, more robust version of yourself after this this brief sonic <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've done that through most of my life. What? Well, I've done. I think I'm. I'm done pretty decently as like a mutated adaptation to be able to create rapport fairly quickly. But then there's a certain wall of depth where it's kind of like okay, once it goes into like deep intimacy, that's where there's mm. kind of a little bit of like a like the bricks start getting built up. Okay. And I wonder. I, I feel something I've mentioned here before is almost like a sensation of like suffocation throughout the years and then like necessity to start to tear the walls down in order to allow something more meaningful in. That makes sense. So that, that's, that like resonates with you saying of like a feeling like in relationships and stuff, but not really like allowing love to penetrate. I feel like that's, I wonder if that's more consistent. I was, I would just, you can't, you can't have a pretense like a way you want people to see you, but you see yourself differently to yourself You that you can't feel authentic love. You can't feel anything. You're not present. You're posturing, right? It's not It's not a nice offering. This is like an either or, Yeah. right? Either you're a real truth teller and you know your truths 
And you even know your bullshit in your head as different, you know, like you even understand how you bullshit yourself for real. Yeah. Right. And that's very available to know. But most people don't, you know, stick their finger in there. So how does one reverse engineer their bullshit and start to stick their fingers in their so, parts? So and- I first start with people, I break life out into 12 different areas. There's really 13, but no one needs to focus on death. Mm. So I take 12 of the areas and I start to get people to dream. Like you need a vision in the area because you need a reason to get to work. Yeah. And so I start with dreams. Most dreams suck. Like people do not know how to dream. Dreams are usually like riddled with fears anyway. Like, oh, I'll have it better than it's been. Yeah. Dream is like aspirations. A vision, like like the fulfillment of your life in the area of love. Tell me about it. What's your dream? Right. What's your dream about money? What's your dream about a career? Right. So people are scared shitless to tell the truth about what they wish they could believe in for themselves. Hmm. That's where I start Hmm. and, Hmm. and really force someone to be allowed to want whatever they want, whatever they want. And that's pretty tough because, you know, society's been very busy all over all of us and tells you how, you know, when you should be married, when you should, right. how much money is money, what, like, it, you know, so, and your family. And there, so it's, there's a lot to detangle to get a person to know themselves and love being alive. Mm. And so I start with dreams. I usually send people back a few times, right, and get the fear out. And then they rate their life. And then they rate their life. Hey, don't worry. You can be upset very soon. But first have a really clear vision that blows you away, scares the shit out of you in all 12 areas, which is another thing, which is because people put all their marbles in two baskets, like they care about these three things, but they haven't looked at those other six, nine areas, right? And And most people are figuring out how to write off a lot of life. Right. So I don't have to care about that. Maybe later when I have children. Right. Like, so everyone's got it all postured. So they're only measuring themselves by a few things. Yeah. And so I literally start revamping how we think about life from the inside. Mm. Mm. And then I get you to read your life and say all the reasons you don't think you can have that or why you think you can't have it now. And so all of a sudden, what comes out is your inner dialogue. And I call all that inner dialogue your lower self, right? And that's the beginning. And then I do a whole bunch of work on your personality traits, which are directly from your parents. I call that your epis, epigenetics. You have the epis. Yeah. And and then I ask you to do that in their marriage traits or however many marriages your parents have had and start to look at those ways you were raised inside of that because all those things are coming to a theater near you, no matter how you no matter how much you meditate, yeah. <laughs> they are coming. Yeah. Because um, they attract, right? Lineage is repeating. And it's really, really... And now that I've been doing this for fucking 30 years, 25 years, I know the patterns. And they're spooky, right? And I started to figure out what was happening because of how many people I'm working with. And so I'm kind of... An, I'm an engineer, right? I like to engineer change. What's the standout spookiness? My favorite story... That happened. That was the beginning of me meeting like years and years ago, maybe like seven or eight years ago. I had a client, very successful lady, didn't know if she wants to stay married, had a kid with a guy. Great. Let's figure this out. She was 30 pounds overweight. I'm like, well, why'd gonna... you point at me when you said 30 you pounds overweight? Because you care. Because you care about good bodies. He cares about You just bodies. gestured that I'm a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been it. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm going right. into my epis. Your epis. My, my, my body dysmorphia. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, there you go. Thank you. That was very helpful. 
I'm very glad you've brought that up. <laughs> so we got her to stop smoking cigarettes, lose 30 pounds, start like really start to care about. I said, we're not going to look at your marriage till we like you. Hmm. So we imagine we did a great job at fixing her being happy with herself. And then she really figured out she wasn't in love with the guy. They had the nicest divorce. Okay. All great. I get an A. She gave me an A, paid me well. We're, we were done. Okay. And I have a rule because when I start to think about a client, like someone starts bugging me in my head, if they bug me more than twice, I must call them. Something's up. Mm. Right. And I don't care if I haven't spoken to you in nine years, if I don't fucking call them an asshole. Mm. Right. That's one of my rules. And so I called her because she was bugging me. And she was about to move in. Like, do you understand? I got her divorced. She has a kid. She, like, has a great setup. And I call her, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm moving in with my new boyfriend. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Who is he? Where is he? 29-year-old dancer needs a green card. You think I took that well? No. I was like, get to my fucking couch, lady. Okay. So she shows up and I was like, this doesn't make, you're, you know, you're a smart woman. I mean, like I'm talking very successful and you hear this come out of her mouth and she doesn't even know how stupid she sounds. Like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, why move in? Why get a guy a green card? Like, what are you doing? And how's this good for your kid? Right? Like, give me a break. Okay. And I was like, you know what? We better really go in and study your parents. Right? Tell me, like... Her dad was married four times. Brain surgeon, married four, like really smart guy, married four times. Mom married three times. They're both very happy on the fourth and on the third. They eventually figured it out. Guess who the dad's second wife was when she came back? Spanish green card dancer. Mm, that's interesting. Interesting. It was spooky more than I could swallow because she didn't even know it because she was too little at the time. And so it just like was the beginning of me studying epigenetics, which is, and then science, you know, you know, backs up that, you know, they did a study on rats where they took rats and they, <laughs> they really did this. They electrocute their little feet mm -hmm. and they make them smell cherry blossoms at the same time. Oh, I thought there was something more odorous than cherry blossoms. There was, there was something that was like a stringent type mm -hmm. smell. It's cherry blossoms. Maybe there was multiple ones. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like the cherry blossoms. That's cherry blossoms nice. and a little electrocution. And then they got them pregnant. Yeah. And then when the babies came out, they had sensors to smell cherry for cherry blossoms. blossoms. Right then and there. And so then when they smell cherry blossoms, they're be they're they actually have like a cortisol response. And they yeah. kind of go through this stress, like, oh fuck, the shock's coming. But yeah, what no. shock? I'm like, I don't know, but it just feels like something's coming. Right. Yeah. So they so <laughs> genetically we're mutating to go with what we believe yeah. or what happened to the generation before, like right as it's happening to right. So that's and so it just leads way into you better know what happened to your parents. No, really, you know, yeah. betrayals and money and they, like people have history repeating in their form. Mm -hmm. And most people don't understand how to know it and then stop it because you don't even know it. Yeah. That was like Untethered Soul, Michael Singer. If you remember that book? I don't Pinelli. read. Oh, okay. Well, listen to it or not or whatever. I, it's, it's right. You, I finally, I don't do any of that. Right. I'm like, you're like, do you, you, you're kidding. I'm like, never, never mm. have. I don't want any influence. Where did you hear about your cherry blossoms then? That was clearly you gathered that. Uh, you, you, think, make that up. you think I read that? Oh, you no, I have people. No, I send my people. Mm. I have, I have. But then at know. some point they have to transfer information to you. Yeah. Well, then you read it. I didn't read it. 
you're, you're reading someone, something. My sister tell you, honest to God, someone somebody, tells somebody, me about it. Someone tells me about everything. Well, that's what a book is anyway. But I guess fine. Anyway, I, I think reading is an actual healthy thing to do. <laughs> I just, I, I'm an, I'm an artist. I find my my uh, language, word acquisition, everything becomes sharper as I read. It's very fascinating to watch compared to like listening to. I probably have some type of imbalance and some like epi things some some void filling sensation <laughs> yeah. from consuming lots of information but i that is an interesting thing that i find actually through reading i'll just notice in conversation i'm like huh, that was I, right. I was like that was like organized yeah that was cool How Excellent. That but in that book tethered um, so untethered untethered you want to untether so. that shit I'd yeah let it fry let it fly it. yeah he talks about one of the analogies he uses i thought was fascinating was how we can have these thorns in ourselves that at some point you know some form of contraction you know, or like Buddhist terms, be like a samskara is like an impression that you hold on to that created a contractive state for a moment. And then you kind of, it ruffles your feathers and you kind of put your pieces back together and you go off into the world. Yeah. But you don't release that yeah, impression. Yeah. That's exactly it. And then we build these contraptions around that initial thorn or impression. Yeah. As opposed to addressing the thorn itself, we just keep on building more yeah. apparatus around the thing until eventually we've developed this huge structure and the thorn is so deeply embedded that it's almost like how the hell do we start even thinking about that thorn that the final section in my book of what i deal with is haunting memories mm. and because for all the memories even shitty things that have happened to a person they only remember the things they remember and then they remember them over and over and over again because yeah. and so i study haunting memories because you can bet on a few things about haunting memories, which is you learn the wrong lesson. There's lies in the story. It's things you don't know. Like there's a reason it haunts you, right? And so when I get a person to unravel, is what I call it, unravel yeah. their personality. And you can dissolve all of these things by going back to the original haunting memory that you still didn't, you know, call that boyfriend and find out why he broke up with you. Yeah. As simple as that is. Or, you know, people who never figured out why the parents really got divorced and the answer they gave you when you were 12, it's not the same answer they'd give you when you're 32. Sure. Right. And so people have conversations once in their life and then they organize a philosophy around it and then they don't even witness the thorn. So what's like the tangible step by step and I, I know it's more more like amorphous than like here's the bullet points here's what you do but to, to begin I'm a little bullet pointing to well great so what's <laughs> so what's the process of beginning to reverse engineer the apparatus that we've constructed around the thorn to start to gain relationship with it you know what i'm saying that was like a most long people way it's saying. so it's so simple people lie and don't tell fair stories it's not do they it's mm. like oh you you and your girlfriend broke up five years ago what happened I am clear. I already know the story you're going to tell is not the story she's going to tell. Yeah, the right. odds that the two of you are telling the same story. Could you tell her story that she would say? And then the, the truth is, is you probably could. Would you? Will you? Are you capable of it? Yes. Will someone make you? I do. Our coaches do. Right? Like you must see what you won't face. That's right. right. And so, you know, for example, last week, client break up. They were engaged. She's very happy. That was years ago. But she's very nervous about getting married to this new guy just because she doesn't trust herself. And I'm like, I think we know why, right? Because you had an engagement. You broke up. Let's like, and you've never like, let's really do the work, the haunting work on that guy. Yeah. And most people would like to do the work in their head or even talk about it, but or in therapy, but not really go back to the guy and really get it resolved. It's I believe in that. 
Hmm. Right. I, so she had, she finally had a meal with him and they forgave each other. And, and then you want, you know, she pretends she's fine. She doesn't feel anything anymore. It was no big deal (laughs) until she's hysterical crying at the dinner and they get resolved because you pretend you don't have feelings except humans lie. Yeah. That's like what the process of purging the impression sometimes perhaps would look like of like, it wouldn't necessarily look beautiful. So anyone who has a haunting memory, it has unfinished business Mm. and it's that list, right? Like you didn't tell a fair story and you never forgave or went to the other person and really got their version. And there really is forgiveness, right? We're not forgiving junkies, right? We're harboring right and wrong junkies. Yeah. How does one forgive the cherry blossoms if you're the mouse and like pre- fetal stage like what like a abusive parent whatever the thing because i mean i'm sure that our histories are ancestral as well beyond the just like the time most messes we're talking about you got yourself into yeah right so you pick that did we though or was it i'm talking about the lover right i'm talking about most of the events of your life that are after 12 years old right like so if you're only talking about 12 and under Mm. you know then you've got a really good point. So I wonder at what point are we in control of, of this vessel that we call Lauren or Aaron, or is it, are we ever? Always. Hmm. I hold the people a hundred percent accountable hmm. and that their soul is making all the messes and can evolve all of them. Like hmm. on, I don't have accidents. I really don't. Hmm. With the epigenetic thing that we were mentioning mm-hmm. before, the rats and the cherry blossoms and such, we're running off of like primitive patterns from our, at least our parents, but more likely than not, like even before that, because they're running off the patterns. I think that. we asked for it. I, you know, so one of the, one of the biggest kind of spiritual shifts I had to make, because I figured out that the reason I was allowed to lie, smoke a cigarette, do whatever the fuck I wanted was because I didn't ask for any of this, right? Like, I'm, like, doing the best I can given this planet, given mm-hmm. these humans, given those parents. Like, I'm fine. Like, I, it, it, like, justified so much yeah. that that I rem- I was sitting overlooking the – this was my last good cigarette, honest to God. <laughs> I got to the top of the Grand Canyon. Mm. Light up a cigarette. Perfect Come time. on. Yeah, that's the time to do it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and and I've had these spiritual experiences where sound disappears and I feel visited, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh-oh, right? Like, and I've had a, three of them in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But when they happen, they're really weird. And they're always somebody mad. <laughs> like, something is very mad at me and nothing's going to be the same ever again. Mm. Well, I happily light up my cigarette and it was like, an experience of who the fuck do you think you like as you're sitting here and present to all of this who the fuck do you think you are that you that it's all an accident and it's all nothing and you're just a little shit who's allowed to do anything you want like how is that the point and it was like what if none of it was an accident not even like what if it was the opposite of what's letting you get away with all of this and that was the end of all of it right like it makes much more sense with all the design that there's a design, like there's like, I may not comprehend it, but to, to write it off the way I was tolerating myself writing it off so I could smoke a cigarette and have another drink, right. Was disgusting. Right. Like if I leaned in on the whole thing, what if I believed I was 
sent to heal my family, the next generation? What if everyone took it that seriously? Yeah. Like what would change on earth about every human? Well, I was thinking about, as we were saying this, and I'd like to get back to like bullet points and actual tips and all that stuff because that's <laughs> nice too, but yeah. it feels as though there isn't any me and my parents and my grandparents and you and very clearly me and my parents and my grandparents because of that continuation of all of your genetic code and it's all being it's like i'm just like the the wave that's out of the ocean presently but then beneath the wave completely continuous is the rest of the ocean and so it's an interesting thing even as we're saying this it's just popping up for me of like the idea of me seems almost like little i think it's the opposite of that oh really the opposite oh damn you're the beginning of time you date back to the beginning of time, and as well as you can put your shit together is the whole line of everybody. So I think it's a continuum. Well, isn't that what and I just said? The, well, I don't think that makes you small. No, no, no. The idea that me is small. I'm saying I am big. Yeah. Ralph Waldo okay, Emerson. Fine. Yeah, no, no, no. I contain no. multitudes. That's I think you. I think you're cleaning up your bloodline <laughs> back to the beginning of time, yeah. and I think that's the point. Except there seems to be a deadline. Yeah. What's the deadline? The before we blow up the planet. <laughs> Maybe that's a part of the divine plan. I think I think we, we better gotta save fill it. this bitch up with I, I, plastic I, I, bottles. Yeah. Do you have you ever heard Kurt Vonnegut's story on that? I don't know. Humans were made to make plastic. We're we oh. like think we're important. We think there's such yeah, a thing. We're like, like we're fill that ocean. Up. We're we're literally like we don't know. For. We're just manufacturers. We're like the factory shithole planet yeah. where we're manufacturing products yeah. we need for other for other. <laughs> For other real species. Could be. Right. We could be in a, in a technological butterfly. According to him, it was it was weird. Do you ever think about that, that we're a technological butterfly? Does this make sense? It does, but I blew off Kurt Vonnegut's point of view on that Well, this one. isn't Kurt Vonnegut. So the idea, so if you this, this won't, I'll try to do this in less than 30 seconds because we should talk about your stuff because it's much more valuable uh, any bullshit that I'm going to say about uh, butterflies and technology. We, we, we do sound like stoners, <laughs> though. You know that, right? We sound like stoners. Oh, We're fine. not stoned. This is the Alive Podcast. People are used to it. Like stoners. Yeah. I mean, we go a broad spectrum of conversation I'm on the Alive Podcast. I'm happy to sound like a stoner. Yeah, we'll see. So I think it is interesting if you look at like a caterpillar, for example, Fine. as they're on the leaves and such, they're like, it's like destruction and they're going through and eating all the leaves and it's terrible. You know, they're destroying the forest or the ecosystem, uh, yes. but then they transition yes. into this butterfly. And in okay. fact, they're gathering resources right. and then they come back and they repollinate and it's actually all a part of this, this cycle of life. Well, I don't know if I even agree with myself. I'm just wondering if perhaps there could be some, maybe there's some like butterfly thing happening with like humans where we're consuming a lot of stuff right now and it seems quite terrible, but perhaps that, that that's all a part of like the butterfly code. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure the only problem with dinosaurs ending is that they didn't exist anymore. I was an environmental studies major. Why are you so attached to dinosaurs? Well, just I'm go. just saying they're goddamn dead, <laughs> and so will humans be at the rate we're going uh, for our existence, right? But I'm not worried that this will not continue. Mm. Right? Butterflies will be coming. You, us humans, might have a problem. Yeah, Earth doesn't Earth doesn't give a shit. Right. So I think we're oh. we're online with that philosophy. Mm. We're just not happy about it. I want to take a brief moment and present y'all with the opportunity 
to support your brain health. So I teamed up with our friends over at BioOptimizers, which is a company that I've been utilizing for years. I support them. I trust them emphatically. And I'm especially excited about their Cognabiotic supplement. The reason that I like it is because it's not just a probiotic. It's not just a prebiotic, which is helping to restore the function of our guts, which is supportive to the function of our minds, our brains, our hormone levels, the way that we think, the way that we feel. It also contains 17 nootropic and adaptogenic brain health herbs to enhance mood, manage stress, and improve memory. What I really love about bio-optimizers and cognobiotics specifically is you actually or I actually feel a difference upon using them. So a lot of supplements that I take, I, you know, fish oils and such, I kind of cross my fingers and hope that they're making a difference. With this stuff, I actually feel different after taking them. I actually feel a little boost in my energy, a little skip in my step. And the best thing about it, if you don't experience that yourself upon purchasing, upon trying, send them back and you get full money back guarantee for one year. So you can take this stuff. You can take the whole bottle. If you are not satisfied with the results of your experience, get your money back. That's a huge, huge deal. So you have absolutely nothing to lose, everything to gain. And uh, you also get yourself a 10% discount by going to cognibiotics.com slash align. That's C-O-G-N-I-B-I-O-T-I-C-S dot com slash align. So if you could use a little boost in your memory, a little boost in your mood, a little boost in your energy levels, and some support for your gut health, and you are open to trying something new with absolutely zero risk, then check out Cognobiotics by going to cognobiotics.com slash align. All right, here we go. Back to the podcast with my girl, Lauren Xander. How does one begin the process of seeing oneself in a more authentic way as opposed to being the patterns of just belief of who we are that may or may not be I really do think my my I really do think you have to go through a process of getting to know yourself and if you haven't sat down and done a lot of deep work on yourself even just answer my basic questions you can't pretend you can what are these questions it's really how I roll if you haven't done this I have no idea how you know your inner dialogue or how you have differentiated why the voices in your head are managing what they're managing. Because your personality traits, the way you look out into the world that's based from your past and the haunting moments, plus what you got from your parents, plus the culture, right? So there's the way that I explain it. And I have no idea how a person would be present without it. And I could catch anyone not present. Right, I could just four more. Qu- I'm like, we're three questions away. Right? Come on, where am I? Pull me apart. I would rather do it properly. <laughs> I would rather do it properly, but I. But you can wonder if I know what I'm talking about, and yeah. then you would go maybe. So, have you already mentioned the questions? What are your dreams? You must have an ideal state, like in order to face yourself, and face what's between you and fulfillment. You have to have an ideal right? Life is not about getting over achievements. It's about picking ones that move the shit out of you, Mm. whatever it is, Mm. right? And if you don't have them or you don't have them in a variety of areas, um, you're not calling for your best life. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I think everybody should have them in every area of their life, all the 12, right? And so that's the first premise that someone has to go, that's true. And then I would go, really? Oh, you agree with me? That's great. Where are your 12 dreams? Right. And they would go, right. 
I better write them down Mm -hmm. and really start to think about that and care about, you know, so we're right at the new year. I do new dreams every year, Mm -hmm. right? I'm never, if I'm never off the hook, how is anybody else off the hook? Right. I've been doing this for 20 years. So it's like, so I want dreams. I want things you want to resolve in your life. I want, and I, and I love people. Their dreams should be hard to reach, but not impossible. Right. And so that's, so if I go tell me an area you have a dream, then you would start to hear your own inner dialogue saying why you can't have it, why it's going to be hard, why it's the, you know, it's the publisher, it's the this, it's the that, it's the, you know, it's the way the world is, it's when the book's coming out. It's like, it like, so all of a sudden you can hear all the way you believe, and my word for that is manna, fuck yourself. (laughs) Right. Versus manifest what you want. Oh, right, right, right. And you have to, and we always are. So it's like nocebo versus placebo. Huh? Nocebo is when you're to to nocebo, like the Latin, you know, placebo means to to heal based off of activating your own inter- internal healing mechanisms via yes. belief system. Yes. Nocebo is when you go to a doctor and they say, "Oh, you have some cancer in there. It's bad." Right. And like, meanwhile, that was just they were wrong, and now all of a sudden you build your life around this thing, and eventually yes. you like you develop cancer out of stress. I like a little of both. I believe in manifesting completely, a hundred percent, or truly. Uh, right. Probably a lot of people are manifucking. According to science, over over eighty over eighty percent of all of our thoughts are negative. Hmm. It's worse, and they're repeating from the day before, and you don't catch it, right? Because you think it's a new bad driver that you're yelling at on the on the road. Yeah. But you don't notice you yell at all the drivers on the road for the same reasons, and you think it's a new day, but it's really you the same another day. Right. And the amount we're doing that and not trailing ourselves or tracking our own inner dialogue. So one of the first things I do, I make you dream. And then I have you track your inner dialogue in an area that really matters to you and start to get to hear what you say to yourself. Right. The best one to take is the body. Body is the easiest one because we're all assholes about food or drinking or when we're going to eat. We're very moody. Right. So there's some people that are great about it, but it's, you know, it's the first place I love to take over, you know, so I coach executives and, you know, no one's even like, oh, help me get a great body. And I'm like, oh, we're coming for your body. Why? Because you need to hear your inner dialogue. And all I have to do is track down food and I'll hear a 12 year old. (laughs) Right. How's your relationship to sugar? I'm taking it away. Right. And I'm not doing it because I need you to be sexy and fit. I need to do it so you can wake up to what you really sound like in that head of yours. Mm. Right. I take away cocktails, not because I care if you have a drink. Right. I don't have an issue with drinking. I have an issue with how you think you need a drink. Yeah. Right. And the whole thing is connected. And so I start to get you to find out you can change in a minute. Right. People think change is so hard. Mm. Right. Really? It's fascinating that. Our inner voice, for in large part, depending upon where you're at in your in your like life path or something, I guess would be is for the most part lying to you. Hmm. For many people, like literally, like you have a voice. It sounds maybe like you or maybe some British guy or whatever, <laughs> and it's just so like you're a fat piece of shit, or like oh yeah. she's never gonna talk to you, or like oh she's like oh you fucked that up, you fucked that up. Amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. And then no one even wants to tell people what the voice said as if the other person doesn't have a voice that's saying shit too. It'd be softer if it was in a British accent though. I feel like they can get away with more. I am not sure. <laughs> Nothing helps humans tell the truth. But yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Can anyone trust their inner voice, inner dialogue? 
I think the inner the inner dialogue, if you're always going to tell on what it says, will get smarter and smarter and smarter. Mm. Not smarter or sneakier, but actually start to drop notion. Like it learns, right? So if I'm always scared that when I come into the house and my husband's making that face, maybe he's looking at me like I'm late. Like I'm like, so I, I judge his face, think I know, and then interact with what I think I know. Yeah. Right. And I don't just goddamn ask like, honey, you just made a face. What does that face mean? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I was thinking about, right. Like nowhere near, you know, self, you know, like as if I'm self-centered and everything revolves around me. Right. Right? So people don't find out what's true in, in, I, I would say, nine out of 10 times. And then they interact like what they thought was true was true. Right. And so we, we live in our own little private Idaho and we're making shit up and we don't check. And so that's the nature of how we lie to ourselves. Yeah. Right. And then you do something great and you're like, was that good enough? How was that? And then you're like, why do I need to ask what you think? Right. Because why, what do I think? I think nothing's good enough. Oh, Right. So people don't follow the little trail of why did you say that? Why did you need that? Why didn't you ask that? So because we don't pay attention to our inner dialogue and we don't figure out how to edit it or find out what's true and not true, hmm. which is the first thing I make people study referenced against a dream, not just trail in the fucker. Hmm. You're not a fan of psychedelics, it sounds. You said uh, me. Yeah. Are you a fan of psychedelics? <laughs> from everything you're like, saying, it sounds like you are, and you've used yeah, them. But from yeah. it seemed like perhaps you were like pushing away from like, oh, people are going to think we're high. I wonder if perhaps you had no. We just sounded it. like stoners when we're chasing down the the butterfly. Oh, like, some of the smartest people in the world are stoners. I am not. I am yeah. a stoner. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't drink. If I were, if I had a choice yeah, between drink. a drink, I don't. If I had a choice between a drink or yeah, smoke some weed. Write in your journal. There you go. So I am. I have. I have no. I will tell you any drug i've ever done i go to burning man every year i run a camp i like to smoke a bunch of cannabis yeah sometimes if i'm having like a private night yeah smoke a bunch of cannabis yeah and i'll put my rollerblades on and then i'll crank up the music and then i'll go out into the streets shirtless sometimes short shorts sometimes pants depends i will dance through the streets so if you ever see a large bearded man in santa monica it's probably me if it's about 10 o'clock and he seems high I understand that. My favorite thing to do was get, like, all through college, I would get high and go for an hour and a half run Mm. over the bridges. Mm. I was in Washington, D.C. I went to GW, and it was my favorite place to run. Yeah, that's when you work your shit out. I mean, we we are these crockpots, you know, and we're stewing, and Mm -hmm. we have all these opportunities, and the body is a really beautiful medium to Mm -hmm. purge the shit. But for the most part, our bodies just sit stuck in the same repetitive patterns over and over again. Mm. And then we're kind of locked inside these prisons inside of ourselves. And then we have a limited belief of, you know, I won't be a good enough dancer. Or I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be able to perform in this body because I'm kind of stuck inside of here. Mm. But something like the catalyst of a little bit of cannabis or perhaps psilocybin or maybe just a friend that's like pushing you, which is kind yeah. of like a psychedelic in and of itself, yeah. to get you out of there and start twisting your hips. Yes. Sorry, I'm getting all hot and bothered. Yes. But I I make I make everybody exercise yeah. and I make I actually make people make playlists connected to their lives. Oh good. Because and then I don't let you stop listening to that song till you had the breakthrough. Interesting. Why? Yeah. So that you're making chapters hmm. and that you're pressuring yourself to have results. Hmm. Being able to manifest is not just like hope it shows up. 
right? It's like, get good at, if you're good at it, you make it happen exactly when you want. Yeah. Right. So the art of getting something is being able to produce the result, Hmm. right? Like getting pregnant, finding love, building a career that you, you know, leaving this one, finding a new job, like everything like that requires a level of focus and intentionality, but it all comes from your relationship to yourself, which comes from that inner dialogue. Yeah. I wonder what your thoughts are of how emotions and thoughts and feelings express themselves in the physical body, like postural patterns and movement and maybe even disease or have you kind of thought into that at all? Or is that kind of I like have a... cured people with cancer, mm. right? Like truly have, I work on it. I have a case right now I'm working at, like I care about the placebo effect would be the, like that that is real and that humans, if they believe that this pill is going to work, it, it works. Yeah. So that is my favorite truth about us is our potential is rock and roll and we haven't even begun to play with it. And I think it comes from one's inner dialogue and we haven't even begun to get over ourselves so that we can create with ourselves. So I'm all over that. And that's all I do. And so I do think I have never not been able to figure out how the cancer the person has that I've worked with that we've helped disappear the cancer or some real physical ailment, you know, didn't go back to some real creepy shit in their past Hmm. that they didn't address. This is going into pretty treacherous territory, but do you have any, any sense or belief system around what cancer is and how it manifests in the body? I know that's like a huge, really challenging question. I just think the answer is dis-ease and disease, right? It's like those, you know, like a whole inability to be with something. Yeah, right. Right. Or deny something. You know, you stay in a miserable marriage. You are not destined for health. Right. And many people stay because of the kids, because of money, because, right. And they're like fear. Right. And they're miserable and justified and blame it on religion or whatever they're doing over there to defend something like that. And what do I think will happen to that? I think they will get sick. Mm-hmm. I think something's going to take them out. Yeah. Right. So I don't study that part, I heal what's unresolved in that person. And it doesn't mean they're not going to chemo, but they're also talking to, you know, you know, it was like a family where the kids didn't know the dad cheated and it was miserable for years. And everyone thinks the dad's a rock star and a hero. And she's been betraying herself her whole life to let him be a patriarch. Hmm. And I was like, Uh, I won't work with you. You cannot live a life of lies. He doesn't get to get away with that. I understand you forgave him, but this is creepy, right? And what's happening with your kids' relationships? Like, let's start to check out what's happening with your children. Uh, Really? So you start catching cheating and every, like, the the epis are going to be coming. So if you want to stop everything and actually bring love and forgiveness, right? You, You can't believe lying is the better plan, right? That. I think lying probably makes a lot of disease. So, so is it just talking about these things is the way to allow any type of distruth or contraction to get that out? You'd be amazed that telling the truth is sets you free, that one-liner, hmm. right? And most people don't. Like they won't, they'd rather manipulate the situation to keep everybody else happy. Yeah. You know, the whole like, if, even in it. AA and people make amends, there's like a a loophole you know, if it's going to hurt someone else's life or family, you don't have to tell. Hmm. Do you have any idea how many people slip under that wire? Right. Right. Oh, exactly. Let me get this straight. You were fucking his wife, but the guy doesn't get to know. Only your husband who caught you gets to know. Hmm. No, that would be a crime. 
And I'm like, fuck, the whole world believes in lying. Lying, like believes in it, thinks it's a virtue. And now we have our fantastic president that goes perfectly with what we're all doing yeah. in, in some interesting fucked up ways. Well, he's just an expression of the, of the, the broader consciousness. Have our hair problems? <laughs> I wonder where his hair problems come from. Is that some deep? I make held a joke. I, I make a joke. I'm like, I think, I think God, I think God has a very funny Barbie doll joke going on, where, where you know, certain people have to look really, like, I we don't even see how bizarre they look. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder about that sometimes with like physicality <sighs> and being a beautiful what culturally deems acceptable as a beautiful symmetrical person yeah. with nice skin and you know all the features and whatnot mm. i wonder in some point i think we 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 take away from that person but at, at the same time that is an expression of their journey in some capacity mm. and just because you happen to be in a symmetrical body doesn't mean that you actually look exude beauty mm-hmm. and if you are hung up in all of your baggage yes it doesn't matter if you have sweet tits and like awesome abs or whatever. Like it's still kind of like, oh, like something's off there. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So all this Definitely. stuff does come back, I think, into. I think it's all fair. Yeah. I th- yeah. And, and, it, and I have coached people that it does not matter because if they, no matter how pretty they are on the outside, if they, they doesn't. Make them feel pretty on the inside. Yeah. They don't have anything to do with each other. What is the primary thing you see, the consistent pattern of fear with people? What are people afraid of? Well, first of all, I think fear is ruling everything, Mm -hmm. right? So when you go over 80% of our thoughts are negative, negative pretty much means fear-based, right? Don't do that. Don't try that. Look at that person. He's doing it wrong. I hate people that are like, like, so all of that is like a righteous danger the world's blown, you know, someone, someone's wrong, something's wrong, something's not going to go well, and worry and anxiety. So I think we naturally think like that yeah. to protect ourselves. And it seems like a good idea all the time. And we speculate there so we could come up as if we're going to come up with a good idea, right? So if I know, you know, about traffic, then I'll plan to leave on time so I can get to the airport, right? That's good. What do you mean? That's brilliant, right? And so fear thinks it's brilliant, right? And it is. It's just running way too much of everything else, right? It's fine you lock your door, right? But the way you don't tell the truth about lots of other things, like it it goes too far, right? And people don't know where it's smart and when it gets very stupid. Do you think there's any consistent root of fear? Because I feel like we are connected consciously you know like rupert sheldrake that morphic resonance is like a fancy term for how we're all kind of floating around in this consciousness soup mm-hmm. your thoughts affect mine etc cetera, etc cetera. so perhaps the the a root of fear could just be like the state of the times you know like where the world is at we're kind of being infused by fear beyond our own minds or is there some other like is there like a child i think fear is the predominant source of it like it, it it's intelligent right? If you're not scared, you're going to lose your girlfriend, you will cheat on her, right? Like you, like every action, like there's a wisdom in being scared mm. of not saving your money, right? You better save your money or else, right? Like, so there, the, the notion of fear is not dumb, yeah. right? It's just overstretching yeah. into everything. Like we don't know when it, you know, if you lock the door, you're not going to feel safe, right? It's over. Right. And so there's there's a place where it makes perfect sense and built a society. Right. And then there's a place where it's 
the only source of thinking. Yeah. Right. And so taking risks and asking for things you need and telling the truth are the opposite of fear. Yeah. Right. And so we need to have both. And do you release that fear through doing what we'd spoken about previously? Mm -hmm. Believing in yourself, asking for what you want does not mean you're going to get every result you want. Yeah. But it's the only way you're going to start to get those results. Yeah. Right. And most people are chicken chicks. Like I, there's three main voices I call out that pretty much can sum up all the voices that are negative in your head. One of them is the chicken. One of them is the brat, which is our moodiness. And I'll bet tomorrow, leave me alone. That's not a chicken. Chicken is like, I don't want to say what if, what if, what if, what and that, oh God. And then the other one is we have weather reports. It doesn't work when you're, I'm already in my thirties. I'm too late to become a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. I know, right? Like, or you know, I'm 50. I haven't found love yet. How could I possibly still have a family? Yeah. Right. So that people have sweeping generalizations that they have lots of evidence for, and then they can defend staying stagnant. Yeah. Right. And so when you start to figure out the categories of the voices in your head that are negative and stopping you, the only thing worth it is following those dreams. Like you must chase something worthy of your life. And is shame like like a brother or cousin or the same as fear? Where is shame come into this? If we take out the category of child molestation or, you know, shit where people feel shame and it's a lie that they feel it, yeah, right? And they don't know how to tell the truth. So you take that one out of the category, right? Most people feel shame because they fucking deserved it, right? You did something you're embarrassed about or ashamed of, Right. I don't know about that. Most people, I feel like there's a lot of shame locked up at it from a young age of learning like they having a penis is a weird thing. Or I'm not talking about children, or, children misunderstanding being. Yeah. Right. So I'm talking about real. If you have shame, or you're ashamed of something, I'm sure you did something. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. I'm talking. I'm talking about grownups. I'm not talking about childhood shit. But aren't we? If we're talking about grownups, aren't we inherently talking about childhood shit? Because that's kind of like the operating system. No, I'm talking. Most people are. If you go, Lauren, what's? Have you made people make? I make people make lie lists. Go through all the areas of your life and really write down all the lies. And people are horrified at writing down their lies. Why? They don't want to face what they did. Yeah. Humans are assholes. Why do you like pretending we're good? Uh-uh, honey. You have I not read a, you I feel have like not we're, read ass, we're assholes and we're good at the same time. I feel like we're always I am not both. throwing us out. I'm just telling you, we're assholes. Certainly assholes. But there are many things you've done. If I made you make a list of all the lies you've ever told and I said, does everybody know them? I'm a terrible person. Right? It's not a terrible person. <laughs> it's a fucking liar. Right? And then you go, why don't I want to tell everybody? Because then you'll feel ashamed. Who's that all about? Self-centered assholes mm. who want to keep everybody else happy. But really, we're protecting who? Ourselves. As someone who took all our shame straight, really, right? I have never felt so good as, you know, three weeks later. Mm. Like, I have nothing to be ashamed of, actually, right? And I'm not talking about childhood laid on religious. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm really talking about- well, How do we tap into that stuff then? First, why don't you just do your regular straight up asshole list? Right. right? Like why, like that. humans should just clean up their own- All right. So what am I doing? Life. I'm doing my list of- Lies. Lies. How, many, how lies. many lies am I going to put? Anything, just anything I can drum up? 
everyone you can remember how you lied. Right. right? And, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like women. specific instances or more all like umbrella lies? Anything. You go, mom, tell me all the lies you ever told your mom. Some you can't remember them, but you could put a bunch of generalizations. Right. I borrowed your clothes. I stole you this much money. I did. Right? And you actually don't make it a joke. You sit down and you go, I want to come clean with you about, you know, I want to get our past in the past and I want to be forgiven yeah. and I want to come clean. Mm. And just because you, everyone knows, all right, we're in high school. Like we, it isn't that you won't be forgiven, right? But there are things you you don't know how it's a thorn. Yeah. So one, clean up all the lies. You'd be amazed at what that ends up doing. Clean humans think they deserve more. Yeah, I agree. So you want to hunt for things that you think you don't deserve from. So, you don't sabotage Which, so when you go shame, can you hear that shame is actually an indicator of something to be ashamed of? Yeah. I'm not talking about children and fucked up shit. I'm literally talking about something to be ashamed of. Mm. Right. And I'm telling you how to get out of it. And then you will feel very different about who you are. And, you know, and someone who lied as much as I lied and went back through and resolved with everybody right? For my entire past, it kind of made me up. It was, you know, it's practically upsetting. I don't have people to go back to. Yeah. Is there any stand-up thorns in your life presently? And we'll wrap up here very soon. There's the, the sun is almost disengaging. <laughs> As I built my business, I've had falling outs, you know, over the 20 years with probably six people. And got to say everything and they got to say everything. But you're like, do you love them? Do they love you? And I'm like, no. Do you miss them? No. Are you trying to get back with that person or make it clean as a whistle? I'm like, no, I'm good. It's fired, right? So I, I have, for myself, I have, there's no getting rid of family. There's no getting unresolved. Like there's people I must get resolved with for the rest of my life. And then there's people that can come and go. And we will both get heard on both sides and leave clean. But that doesn't mean leave good. Hmm. So if, if you're okay with that, I would say I have none unresolved. But if you go, are you happy with every last relationship? Am I capable of going back to all of those and making How about a relationship with, with yourself? Is there any, is there any parts of, of potential like, is there any conversations that could be gone into that I, not that I, I'd be yeah. seeking per se, but yeah. that would all of a sudden make your your sphincters, your diaphragms kind of go, uh-oh, or is it no, everything's completely no. opened up? I am constantly up my own ass and doing everything. I Like I am the walking example that this works because mm. I do it on, I have promises, I have promise tracker, I have people I send my daily design to every day, seven days a week. I have promises with my husband. Everybody knows my promises. I have promises about exercise, food, sex, drugs, all, all vices, anything and everything. I am, I have like, I, my kids, I have three children. I have great relations. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I live a transparent life. Mm. I really am secret free. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So, but that's cause I'm teaching it. So I walk my talk. Yeah. Thank God. I got to figure my shit out. I teach about movement and stuff. I have all sorts of dilemmas inside my own body that I'm still navigating. I have like ankle stuff and knee stuff and back stuff, and shoulder stuff. I'm filled with shit. Well, you know, my, my best friend. Then I have all my shames. And yes. I'm just like a big walking, I'm like a yard sale. <laughs> you're not, well, you know, 
you know, what my story my story for guys like you is um, Dr. Mark Hyman. Oh, Mark, did yeah. you know who that guy is? Yeah, Mark Hyman. Okay, yeah, so he's my best friend. Yeah, best friend. Spend yeah. New Year's with him. We're playing like Mark. And if Mark didn't get sick, he wouldn't come up with his cures. Mm. Like, I mean, he really got sick and then had to figure it out. And then he gets sick again and then he figures out the next miracle cure. Like that's so so part of some people's pathway is you need it so you you can figure out how to heal it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, they come up with these things out of the necessity, but there's still many a person that is like a shoemaker with no shoes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that their shit works. Like what they've come up with is legit. Mm-hmm to a degree that they still haven't quite, there's still some driving thorn that keeps them, you know, needing to go out and keep creating and building. Like, I wonder, like ambition is sometimes like a suspicious thing to me, which I'm suspicious of myself highly. And I, I wonder what is like the Cause if I'm completely, truly content, and I'm just like at peace with everything. Thanks so much for sweating inside I this know, terrible, really terrible box with me. Yep, I splashed lavender oil before we came in here. In the in the oh good yeah we yeah. burned some Palo Santo wood before you came in. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening. A wrap. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you did, por favor, you can share it on the Instagram. You can tag myself at Align Podcast. You can tag Lauren at Lauren Zander underscore Coach, and there is a reasonable chance we will repost that post. It is such an honor to have the opportunity to share these conversations with such brilliant, amazing people. So I wanted to just double, triple, quadruple thank Lauren for taking the time to have this. Since then, Lauren has been supportive for me in my own life and my own mental, emotional situation. So great appreciation to Lauren. If you have interest in learning more about her, I highly recommend checking her stuff out. And finally, if you are into traveling and also into fitness and mobility and keeping your body functioning well, I recommend checking out the Strength Kit by Align, by us. It is the perfect kit that I put together for myself, essentially. Uh, It contains four different strength resistance bands, a hip band, a door anchor, a traveling case, and free access to the fundamentals on how to use them. We also have more in-depth courses that can be found at alignpodcast.com. And uh, it's something that I've been using for the last couple years. I literally take it with me everywhere I go. I'm going to Mexico here in like two hours and I am bringing the strength kit along so I can keep my fitness going, keep my mobility going. And uh, it's just easy, it's light, it's flexible, and it's really is the perfect tool for travel. So that's just having around your house in general. So you can find that at alignpodcast.com slash shop. That's alignpodcast.com slash shop. On there, we also have clothes. You can buy programs. You can find all the different stuff. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and look forward to speaking to your ear holes next week. Bow.